Let's go to God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the blessing of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you so love us. The word of God says that you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. And Lord God, we celebrate the beginning of the season when you put yourself in the womb of a virgin for the purpose that we should be saved. I thank you, Lord God, this morning. I pray for your anointing, Lord, because there's all kinds of people in this room who've been through all kinds of things. But Lord God, this morning, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily besets, and let us turn our eyes to God. I pray for an anointing on our pastor, that the word of God may come from you directly and just use her as that earthen vessel, but to pour out the spirit of the living God upon the congregation. Lord, she's here to feed the flock. And you told him, feed my flock. You asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he says, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Well, this morning our pastor is here to feed the sheep. And Lord, we're here to dine on you. You are the bread of life. You are the blood that, that we must drink that will take away our sins. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are. And I pray, Lord, that you just anoint this time in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a few announcements to there's a list of announcements here today. We are in the Christmas Advent season, and with that, there are a lot of things happening. We have an Advent group starting up this Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is a four-week group, um, and so if anyone wants to join that, we'll be going through the Advent devotional that we got. And if you're not able to, I'm hoping to do different groups throughout the year at different times um, to see what works best for the people here. But for this group, it will be four weeks starting at 6 p.m. this week. And next Saturday, December 3rd, from 1 to 4 p.m., there will be a children's Christmas party. So if you know any children, invite them. This is a great opportunity for parents to go shopping because you parents, you can drop the kids off at the Christmas party and go shopping. And if you need more information, you can go to our website, which is discoverychurch.net or talk to Lori or Vietta. Uh, someone can help you find more information on that. We're hoping to get that on social media, or it is on social media, so invite the kids you know. And then the following Saturday, December 10th, we are gonna go caroling. I saw the pictures from last year and I thought this looked like a lot of fun, and so I'm excited to go caroling. Um, we will have more information on that coming soon, but that will be December 10th. And then this year for Christmas Eve, we will be having a traditional candlelight service at 6.30 on Christmas Eve, that is a Saturday. And so invite your family and friends and we hope to see you there. And last but not least, we are also having a contest, the Sewing for a Cause. Ladies <coughs> are having a contest. You might remember a few weeks ago during my sermon on Genesis, I talked about this ugly fabric and how God can take that which is ugly and make it beautiful. And so the quilting team was trying that same challenge of taking something that some people thought was ugly. Not everyone thought it was ugly. I kind of like the fabric. But taking that fabric and making it beautiful. And so you'll notice out here in the fellowship area, there are seven quilts hanging, and they all have a number on them. And Lori has been passing out ballots. So if you didn't get one, see Lori, and we can all vote on the prettiest ugly quilt, which I think is supposed to be the prettiest, not the ugliest. Or you can interpret that however you want and vote on that. They'll be voting this week and next week. Is that correct? Until the 11th. Until the 11th. And you can vote each week that you're here. So if you want to vote for your own, make sure you come every week. Um, and then I think there's also, there's also going to be an online competition, too, where I'll post them on social media, and whichever one gets the most likes, and the winners will get a prize. So make sure you check those out. 
Um, there's some beautiful quilts out there, and those will be donated to our local infusion centers. And so it's all for a good cause. Oh, I need the batteries. I thought about using the red one. But today, we are beginning a new sermon series. We are in week four, uh, or not week four, we're in week one of a four-week sermon series um, called Let Us Adore Him, and there's the mic. <laughs> and it is like the song, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him. It's an Advent series as we await Christmas. And today's scripture reading comes to us from Romans 13, 11 through 14. And I want to invite you all to stand in honor of the reading of the word. I'll give a little bit of time for those clipping there. It is Romans 13, 11 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord today. As you do all this, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. Now our salvation is nearer than when we first had faith. The night is almost over and the day is near, so let's get rid of the actions that belong to the darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around or obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't plan to indulge your selfish desires. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And yeah, the children are dismissed for children's church. Usually I write that in with my announcements, but I had so many that jumped right into the scripture. But have you ever heard someone say that nothing good ever happens after 10 p.m. or midnight or 2 a.m., that saying that nothing good ever happens after dark? I'm guessing this, this is why the village of Canastota has a curfew and that alarm or bell or horn, I don't know what it is, the fire horn that goes off every night at 9 p.m. That was new to us. Um, but there's this, there's this, Thing that when kids are out late, they can cause trouble under the cloak of darkness. It's easy to hide mischief in the dark of night. And as a night owl, I sometimes think that the night gets a bad rep, but there is truth to this fact that bad things often happen under the cloak of darkness, under the cloak of night. And this past week, I went to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, and I slept in my old bedroom, Back, back in Ohio, and it had been rearranged, and there was new furniture, and things were in different places, and so it wasn't the familiar bedroom that I had 20 years ago, and in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I had to go to the bathroom, and it took me a minute, because it was dark, it took me a minute to realize where I was. At first, I was thinking I was in my bedroom in Canstota, and the bathroom was right there, but then I realized, no, I'm in Ohio, and I have to go out, out the bedroom down the hall to find the bathroom, and it took me a minute to realize, have you, ever, have you ever woken up somewhere, like when you're on vacation and forgotten where you were? And so it took me a minute, and I had to go down the hallway in the darkness of the room. It was a little bit disorienting. As I was walking to the bathroom, I think I ran into a dresser or a chair, I'm not sure, and I tripped over my suitcase. 
And I had a hard time. I had to walk slowly because I couldn't see where I was going because I was walking in the dark. And it's the same thing with driving. Who here likes driving in the dark? We got one person. But it's hard. It's hard to see. Things look differently. And sometimes I heard this turn into the church. It can be hard to see in the dark of winter. And so in today's passage, Paul is urging the Romans to wake up. He says, you know what time it is. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your sleep. The night is almost over, and the day is near. It's time to wake up. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the days are getting shorter and shorter. This happens every winter, but for some reason it feels like it happened a little earlier this year. It happened kind of suddenly, and so the days are suddenly so very short. I looked it up, and the sun rises just a little after 7 a.m., and it's back down by 431. That's just over nine hours of daylight and almost 15 hours of darkness. And in Paul's day, when he was writing this letter, he didn't have electricity. And so people had to make the most of the daylight time. They may have had fires or torches, but there were no porch lights or security motion detecting lights. There, there were no lollipop lights out in the parking lot and so at night it was dark it was hard to see and so if you wanted to make the most of the day you would get up before the dawn you would get up and get ready so that you could make the most of the daylight when you could see and so the apostle paul he's using this imagery of night and day to highlight the urgency of getting up and getting ready to be ready because the night is almost over and the day is near you know what time it is. It's time for you to wake up, he says. When we were getting ready to go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, the kids, they were really excited to go to grandma's house. This was our first time being able to go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. And so the kids, they were so excited, and they asked us if we could leave at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I think one of them even asked if we could leave at 2 a.m. in the morning because they were so excited and I think we compromised and left at 6 a.m. But they were ready to go. They wanted to go to Grandma's as soon as possible. There was this urgency and eagerness to leave and go to Grandma's house. And that is the same thing, the same eagerness that Paul is writing with. He's telling you to get up, set your alarms for 4 a.m. or maybe even 2 a.m. because Christ is coming and we want to be ready for that day. The day is drawing near and the time to get ready is right now. Paul says, you know what time it is. The time has already come. You must wake up. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And as we discussed earlier with the candle lighting, Advent means that we are anticipating the arrival of something. And according to Google, I Googled this, Advent, it means one of three things. It means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Or it means the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas, including the four preceding Sundays. Or three, the coming or second coming of Christ. The word Advent, it comes from the Latin, which literally means to come. In our culture today, you might be familiar with this word Advent in terms of Advent calendars. And according to my chocolate Advent calendar at home, we have only three days until Christmas. <laughs> that was a joke. But, <laughs> but we have these Advent calendars that help us count down until Christmas, and we count down the days with chocolate or Lego pieces. I even saw one once that had socks 
You got new socks every day leading up until Christmas. And so Advent is all about anticipating the coming of Christ. <clears throat> we not only anticipate the coming of Christ, but we prepare. Like we do with a little baby, we prepare. Has anyone here put up their Christmas tree yet? That's part of the preparations for Christmas. And so during the season of Advent, we prepare for, we wait for, we anticipate, and we hope for the arrival of Jesus. And as we discussed earlier with the candle lighting, Advent is a reminder that Jesus came to us as a baby a long time ago, but it's also a reminder that Jesus is coming to us once again in the future. We anticipate Christ coming again and making all things right. And so what do we do in the meantime? What do we do while we wait for Christ's second coming? I love the imagery that Paul uses in this passage. He says to wake up from your sleep because the night is almost over. Get rid of the actions that belong to darkness and put on the weapons of light. Some translations say armor of light. But I kind of like this translation that says weapons of light. I don't know if that's like a flashlight or what. But it says to behave as those who live in the day. Dress yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. In this Advent season of awaiting the coming of Christ, the Apostle Paul wants us all to wake up. He's urging you to live now as people of the day. People who know better. People who put away the mischief and deeds of the darkness. People who live the way of Christ. There's no better time than right now to wake up from your sleep, to get dressed, to get ready, because the day of Christ's return is near. Paul wants us to be ready for that day, the return of Christ, and yet we're still living in the not yet. There's still darkness all around us, and sometimes that darkness is in our own lives. But Paul, he says he wants us to live as people of the day, not in partying and getting drunk, not in sleeping around and obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. Instead, dress yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not plan to indulge your selfish desires. I think often in the Christmas season, that's where we get stuck. We want to indulge our selfish desires. And so Christmas can often become a season of selfish desires. I want this, I want that, and oh, I hope I get it. As we were driving back, from Ohio on Friday, I was thinking about this sermon, preparing for the sermon as the sun was setting. It was getting dark and it was getting harder to see. The roads were a bit unfamiliar, so I had Austin drive. But it was getting dark and I began to think about how I was stumbling through that room in the dark at my mom's house and how it's easier to navigate even when it's dark, when I know the place, when I'm familiar, when I know the path ahead of me, when I know the direction I'm going, even though there's darkness and selfishness all around us in our world, God invites us to live as people of the day, people who know the path in front of us. And the best way to live as people of the day is to practice. We practice the way of Christ. There are things called spiritual disciplines, but I like to call them spiritual practices because we practice them. The more we practice spiritual disciplines, the more we grow in Christ-likeness. A spiritual discipline is something like church attendance. 
It's fellowship with other believers. It's regular Bible reading. It's praying. It's fasting. It's tithing. These are all spiritual practices. We practice them and we grow in Christ's likeness. The more we grow in Christ's likeness, the easier it is to walk as people of the day in the darkness of the night. When you know the path ahead of you, you can walk in the dark. You don't have to worry about running into dressers or tripping over your suitcase. When you know the direction you are going, you can walk with confidence the path ahead of you, even though it's dark outside. And this is what it means to be people of the day, is to put on the clothes of Jesus Christ. This past Monday, I was sitting down with Lori, and we were looking over the calendar. I'm the type of person who likes to know the plan for things in advance. I like to know what's going to happen. But as the new pastor, I'm still learning how things are work, how things work around here. What are the events that go on? What are the things that are near and dear to the people's hearts? I'm still learning this thing, but we began drafting a calendar for the 2023 20, year, and we talked about things like BBS, the run for the falling, and a baby, maybe a summer baptism out on the lake. And I began mapping these out. And one of the things I noticed in the church life is that there are three new years. Did you know that there are three new years in the church life? The first one is one that we're all familiar with. There's a big celebration down in New York City, people from all over the world watching on December 31st. And I realized this year, this is just a side note, not a part of the sermon, but I realized this year, since moving from Oregon to New York, that we're no longer going to be able to trick our kids into going to bed at 9 p.m. because the ball falls at 9 p.m. because now we have to actually wait until midnight to watch it drop. <laughs> but anyways, that's one of the new years that is in the church calendar. And there's another new year in the church calendar, and that is the fiscal church calendar. It's something the church board or treasurer is familiar with. It's the year that our, our finances start again. It's the year where the church board starts again. But there's this third year that's a little less familiar to people. We don't talk about it too often, but if you were listening well last week, Pastor Olivia, she mentioned it. She said last week that today was Christ the King Sunday, and next week is a new year. It's the new church calendar year, the new liturgical year. And so the third type of new year is the new church year. It's the church year that begins with Advent. Today is the first day of the new year, so happy new year, everyone. Um, but it starts with Advent, and then goes to Christmas, and we follow the story of Jesus. And so that is my hope. And if you go out there to the Welcome Center, there's a Bible reading plan that I put out there, and it goes with the devotional, but it takes you from Advent today all the way through to Easter, I believe is what I printed. But it usually it will go a full year, and over a course of three years, if you follow this reading plan, you will, you will have read most of the Bible. And so that's, I mentioned that because that's just one of, another one of the ways we can clothe ourselves in Christ is to let the story of Jesus become a part of our daily rhythm. A lot of times we only talk about Christmas and Easter on the church calendar, but what about all the other things of Jesus' story? And so that's the adventure I hope to take us on this year. You can find the reading out there. But the Apostle Paul today, he urges us to dress yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you dressed in the clothes of Christ? Are you engaged in these spiritual disciplines, these spiritual practices of attending church, regular Bible reading, 
fellowship with other believers, tithing, all of these things are spiritual practices. And if I could challenge you to do one thing, it would be to read your Bible. And if you're already reading your Bible, read it with a friend. Join us on Wednesday or one of the other small groups. You can talk to Michelle about joining a small group or follow the Bible reading plan that's out there on the welcome table. What would it look like if we all put on the clothes of Christ, if we all together grew in Christ's likeness? If you follow the Bible reading plan that's out there on the welcome table, you might notice that each week the scriptures follow a theme. It's one of my favorite things about this Bible reading plan. Every week there's an Old Testament, there's a New Testament, there's a gospel and a psalm. Today I'm only talking about the New Testament passage, but if you were to read them all, you would notice a theme. And it's fun to look for the theme, what is connected between these passages. And today, the theme is, I think, it's the, sec the second coming of Christ. It's the day of the Lord that is coming. And there's this apocalyptic theme to all of the passages. But do you know what the apocalypse is? Do you know what the apocalypse means in Greek? Anyone? The word apocalypse, it's not the destruction of all things like you might watch on TV, on the sci-fi channel. My husband loves the sci-fi channel and the apocalyptic end times type movies. It looks like Jim does too in the back. But that's not what the apocalypse, that's not what the word apocalypse in the Bible means. It's, the word literally means the uncovering or the unveiling. And so it's this idea that we are people of the light and the light, it unveils, it uncovers the darkness so all is open for redeeming and redemption. Evil can no longer hide when things are uncovered. There won't be the cover of darkness anymore. The day is drawing near and Christ is coming. It's time to wake up. Are you ready? I'm going to welcome the worship team to come up now and just say a closing prayer. But my challenge for you today is to read your Bible. And if you're already reading your Bible, read it with someone else. And let's change the world through changing ourselves first. Lord, I thank you today for this call to new life, to this call to wake up from our sleep, to be people of the light, even though we are still living in a world full of darkness, Lord. Help us to enter this Christmas season, this Advent season, eagerly anticipating you. You give us hope, you give us joy, and we are thankful for all that you do for us, Lord. And we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.